0: Welcome. My name is Andrew Schechter, host of politically incorrect podcast on EA Truth Media, uh, Truth Radio, rather. Brought to you by Eternal Affairs Media every Thursday night. Today we have Dusty, a very special guest. I will let him do the intro, and it's going to be a very uh, enlightening show today. Uh, Go, go go ahead, uh, Dusty, and give yourself an intro, and 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 tell us what all about what you have to to tell our our listeners tonight. Uh,
1: hello, my name's Dusty, as you mentioned. what I'd like to talk about tonight basically is the importance of charity work. Now, you know, as we talked earlier, um, I don't live too far away from East Palestine and the whole derailment thing that's happened there. Um, And I know, you know, these people need help. Um, And you'd be surprised who is actually showing up to help these people and who isn't, or maybe not so surprised really. Um, But even beyond that, you know, there's other things like the, My chapter does my my fraternity just about general charity, helping our community, you know, building a stronger home for our children, that kind of thing, Um, because I don't think people realize how important that truly is.
0: So you say a a charity. Can you describe what sorts of charity and what you've done in the past and what your plans are in the future and how you might uh, plan to help the Palestine, uh, Palestine? Uh,
1: Okay. well, in general, um, we do a number of charitable things every year, especially at Christmas time. You know, we we help the Marines with uh, coats for kids, toys for talks, things like that. We've done our own toy drives, um, which have gone we give away a lot of toys, but that tends to be a madhouse. So then we switch to giving needy families Christmas dinner, you know, which we did last year with tremendous success. Um, and it always seems like, you know, something else is coming along. And, you know, like right now we have this thing in East Palestine going on. People are afraid of their water. They've returned home to food that they can't eat, you know, things like that. Um, it, and just, you know, talking with the people in my chapter, because, you know, this is my backyard. These are people that we need to to support. And, uh, man, we have had so many people come through on this, uh, different groups as far away as Connecticut, you know, sending uh, drop shipments through like Costco or, you know, different stores every day for us to pick up to, to donate to these people. I think we have like a, a couple semi trucks full of water coming in for them. Um, uh, a lot of money has been donated, uh, a lot of food cleaning supplies, you know, non-bleach. So it doesn't react to whatever chemicals or you know, that they're being exposed to. Um, it, it, it's just, you know, we, we've had a lot of, a lot of groups reach out. I know, uh, you know, one group Patriots front went through last weekend and, and dropped off a whole bunch of supplies for these guys. Um, we've had charitable contributions from other organizations. And I think it's funny because, you know, these are the people that, you know, the media calls terrorists and and whatever, but we're actually the people supporting these small communities, you know, when, you know, the government can't be bothered with it. They'd rather be over in Ukraine or hiding a laptop or, you know, whatever.
0: And, and in the in the community now, you're getting all these supplies together and that sort of thing. Is there anyone coordinating, like a Salvation Army or the you know, Southern Baptist or anybody helping to coordinate with any of that? I haven't heard anything. I actually know a lot of these people. Nobody's come to me and told me that they're helping out. out there's anybody like that, I know the Red um, Cross is out there, but
1: I haven't heard anything about Red Cross being out here. Actually, we are going through a nonprofit called East Palestinian East Palestine Social Concern. And it's just a couple old ladies who collect things and give to the community. And, and we've overwhelmed them with what we're bringing because we've tried to keep them updated, you know, as we collect things. Because our, our drop-off dates uh, at the end of the week, and it, they've just gotten to the point where, you know, they said they would take in all they could. But it's kind of getting to the point where we're just going to have to take stuff into the community directly and hand it out. Which is kind of what we're better at doing, anyway. But uh, that lends its own problems.
0: And I imagine if you have all that coming in, that's the reason I was asking about. The Red Cross had said they were going there. If they're not there, I don't, God bless them. I've had some issues with them too recently. I <laughs> I won't. I won't say anything about them because it. You know, there are some groups that are really great charitable groups. The Salvation Army is a big one, and Southern Baptist is a good one, which I'm surprised is not out there. Um and they could be called upon by the way if they if you if you need a resource, I'm sure they would be more than happy to come help in that in that in that disaster. And that's what they that's exactly what they're there for. Um, what what are you doing with this stuff if you don't have a support uh, structure like that? Where are you putting this stuff that you get as donations and, and how is it getting distributed?
1: Well, right now we're just stocking it up all in garages and we're arranging trucks and trailers, you know, to drive it all out there. Um the place we're dropping it off at usually isn't open on the day that we're dropping it off so we told them if they would open you know we would actually bring everything in we don't expect two old ladies to unload a bunch of trucks you know (laughs) um but after that i there was one guy that said he would donate his yard that we could set up in and you know we're just going to try to get this stuff out to the people that that's what they need you know um
0: and how, how many people were we talking? I, I should I should notice at the top of my head. I think somebody said it was like what a ten thousand. It's it's not a huge population if I'm not mistaken. Do you know the the population of East Palestine and the surrounding areas? Now I'm also told that it, that some of my friends in Pittsburgh say there's uh, white dust that's been falling in, in Pittsburgh too. So I mean it's it's getting around. But how, how many people are in that immediate area? I guess within a what a thirty or forty mile radius. Do you know?
1: Well, it- East Palestine itself is about 5,000 people. It's a very small community. Right. Surrounding that, you have a number of uh, towns, which I would say are around ten to 20,000 each. Now, they're saying that this affects a 30-mile radius. And if that's the case, you're talking like the entire county in itself, Columbiana County, Mahoning County, because it – Uh, east palestines right there and into pennsylvania you know i think allegheny county or i'm not sure really about the counties affected in pennsylvania um but i'm pretty sure this extends far beyond 30 miles but i know like the people in east palestine right now need the most help and you know we try to work outwards from there
0: so we, we, were ta- we were we were we were talking too, and you know I'm always looking for Hyden uh, hide, hide Biden and see where he goes. You know, if somebody sneezes in Pittsburgh or somebody sneezes in Los Angeles or Philadelphia, right on the forefront, they're knocking at their doors. Joe Biden, hey, look, we'll give you some support, we'll give you resources, and shaking their hands and, and everything else. And it seems that, that that Joe Biden isn't even in the country right now. Who, who who's who's there to help? From our, from our government and from our from our and our people who care about it.
1: Uh, the, the little guy, not the not the big cities well it, it's the little guy that's helping right now. I mean you, if you look at the government's actions, um, CSX the the railway company, they sent their own crews around to do testing, but before they would do testing, they wanted people to sign agreements to uh, agree to hold harmless and indemnify you know, before they would even do any testing. Um, we haven't seen FEMA. We haven't seen EPA, you know, anything like that. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's just patriots standing up and, you know, saying these guys need our help and this is our backyard.
0: And he had a former president show up, I believe, not mistaken.
1: He's coming, yep. Yeah.
0: And, there uh, you go. <laughs> That's the person who cares about the average citizen. I mean, look, 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 look at who cares about what. I mean, when you look at big government, the only thing they care about is the big city. You know, they want everybody to be pushed into a big city where they can control the population. And if you're in a little town, they just don't care. It's a, it's really right. a shame. Well, I I hope you I hope you get everything you need out there. If there's anything we can do, let me know. If there's anything that my listeners can do for you too, This'll, this will this will will post shortly. And then if there's anything that any of our listeners can do to help out, but please let us know.
1: Sure. Um, well, I know we're not the only groups helping. I'm sure there are church groups out there doing things. You know, and other groups as well. Like you said, you know, the Salvation Army. Um, I would check with the Red Cross. I don't know. Um, see what we're doing we don't take general donations we do from certain people because we know and trust them and they know and trust us. And there's, you know, not an issue as far as, you know, they can send us money and we can show them a receipt, what we bought with the money. And that's really all it takes, you know? Um, Because we don't keep any donations that we take in. It just, it all goes out to whatever, but you know, We don't have an actual, you know, nonprofit or or anything like that to send donations to it. It would literally be one-to-one donations. And I don't recommend that for people who don't know each other, just in general, you know. But there are groups that that are reaching out. Um, I've been so involved with my own, you know, with my own chapter doing this. I haven't really paid much attention to who else is doing what other than, you know, the other groups like mine that have, you know, showed up and we try to coordinate with them so that they're not getting overwhelmed with one thing and not getting enough of another, you know, that kind of thing.
0: How's the, how's the water situation? You know, they had the issue with the water. there. Do they have water coming in. I know they shut the water down.
1: What's the story of that? Well, like I said, you know, we have, I think it's the equivalent of two semi loads of bottled water coming in now um i certainly would not trust the water there we have a 120 foot well here 35 miles away from there and i have a hard time trusting our water Uh, just i've seen too much in the area with just it's it's a scary time for everybody in the area really
0: well when you when you can see this plume from outer space it looks like a volcanic eruption you know, yeah, and and they're saying, oh, the, the the water's just fine. The water's perfect, and then you know, and then they'll they, you know they'll they'll let you they'll let you take drugs that they, you you read the, the the fine print and they're talking about it. Yeah, you, if you take this, you might die. You might you might get cancer. You might you know yet you yet they say it's safe to to drink the water in in, in East Palestine. So thank thank you so much. You know,
1: yeah. Don't use your gas stove, but the air in East Palestine is just fine. It's just fine. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. When there's dust falling in Pittsburgh, what's that, about 80, 100 some miles away? I have
1: I have friends in, I have friends in Cincinnati that are saying they're having problems with their water because they pull it from the Ohio River
0: oh wow yeah and the thing and the plume went north north it kind of went north it missed us i'm i'm so happy i'm in northeast pa and and where i am it went just north of here <laughs> now i'm concerned about about the uh the 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 um, you know lake erie is another one because it, the plume went right over lake erie so yeah
1: you yep. and all those lakes are good. connected they're all yeah, connected it, mm-hmm. and it it is scary if you think about it if okay well the uh i think it was OSHA, or no, I don't remember the name of the organization, but they had recently changed the, uh, the toxicology rating for vinyl chloride specifically from 100 parts per million to 100,000 parts per million. And I know just from like a workshop experience, uh, they rate it at 10 parts per million per hour as a cutoff for safe working environment. So this stuff is very toxic
0: so you'll probably you'll probably be interested in this i don't know if you're aware of it i, I wrote a book on uh, uh on experience i had with a with a bulgarian whistleblower i actually went over almost got killed a couple times in chasing this guy down and getting the info but in the process i learned a few things one of them i learned that you know, where i am about 15 miles away is a nuclear reactor and the guy, this whistleblower, is saying that the that the that the radiation levels in the rivers and, and and in the air across the across the country has been going up, and they're thinking it's some kind of sabotage. It's a long, so I'm not going to get into that now. But what did the government do? Well, here's what happened: It started out with the nuclear plants, because when you walk into a nuclear plant, they have sensors to see if you're if you're pulling in if you're taking radiation out with you. More, it's what they're for. But people were walking in, going into work, and they're setting off the radiation detectors. And it, and, it, and it was doing it all over the country. So the government got involved, and the CDC came in. And they said, you know what? Uh, what the heck? They doubled. Literally, no, they, they not doubled. They, they tenfolded the amount of radiation that you're allowed so the sensors won't go off rather, rather than find the, what the problem was. They made it ten times more you could, than you could have. And They even said, oh, a little radiation is not it's good for you anyway. They actually said that. They quoted that. I mean, this is insane what's going on. It really is. Yeah, but chloride is not safe, especially that much. is definitely not safe. It's crazy. Well, the the total crazy thing about that is that they burnt it. They burnt it. Exactly. Why would you do that? We're not allowed to do that in the fire department out here.
1: (laughs) They literally dug ditches right alongside a drainage ditch that goes into the creeks that lead to the Ohio River and they dumped all this over 100,000 gallons of vinyl chloride into a ditch and lit it on fire and from what i hear that causes it to combine or well once it burns it according to what i've heard it becomes hydrogen chloride and phosgene you know neither one of which are good
0: <laughs> yeah ph- phosgene is very dangerous um, I had experience with that in my, in my chemistry years, many years ago. Um, but the vinyl chloride itself is – I mean, why would you do that? We can, you, the fire departments are not allowed to burn that stuff. You, you drop a, a freaking uh, a mercury thermometer on the floor and you've got to bring hazmat, and yet they're out there burning 100,000 gallons of vinyl chloride.
1: I don't know how they can get away with it. It's crazy. And what I don't understand is, is if you had time to dump this into a trench – Why didn't you have time to pump it off into a container? I mean, it it makes no sense.
0: My my interesting question is, if that same tank car had derailed um, five miles from Houston, Texas, or Dallas, Texas, or right outside of Los Angeles County, would they have done the same thing? That's the question I would have for them.
1: I have to wonder about that myself. I don't have an answer for that.
0: I don't either. They just they don't like the small communities, they don't like people that are independent, they don't like patriots, and they don't support or help them. And that's why I'm glad you're out there, and yet some people like you are out there to help these people. I feel so bad for them,
1: yeah. And they had 18 miles to stop this train before it derailed. I don't know why they didn't. That's um, insane. People have checked into it, you know, they have sensors along the railways that take pictures and things like that, and uh, the. Car that caused the derailment, that twenty miles back in Salem, the the one wheel was glowing red. It had locked up twenty miles away, throwing sparks out of it. It was on fire. And they they had time to slow down. They had time to stop. I don't know what happened as to you know why they weren't warned or why they didn't stop until the train derailed. I I don't see how that could have possibly happened somebody wasn't paying attention or something went wrong and they're not telling us what
0: yeah and and it's interesting because the the ones that run the railroads are are very dangerous anywhere it used to be you had a a conductor in the front and a conductor in the rear and one in the middle of the the longer the train was they would put additional cars and even cabooses in the middle of the of the line to keep an eye on it on the train now you've got one can one one person it's usually i believe it's the end it's not at the at the front of the train it's like at the end it's really weird and they actually don't know what's going on in the bottom of the train unless a sensor comes on and tells them something you know we had, i've experienced that in the fire department, too where the train's going down with sparks and flames shooting out of their wheels and the and the conductor doesn't want to stop because he's, they they got have a time schedule but the same take same token they didn't really even realize the train was on fire so but somebody yeah, people saw it. they should have they should have let them know they've got radios.
1: I think a lot of that has to do with the new uh, railroad regulations that they were striking over last year. Probably, um, you You're know, probably right. they, I
0: didn't even think of that.
1: Where you know, they, they want all these things to run like on time, on clockwork, and there's no room to correct anything.
0: Yeah. you got you know, a guy working back to back 12 hour on 12 hours off with his, you know a second person covering that. You, you don't get enough sleep. You're not going to even care what's going on. And if you're not being treated, right. You know, I learned that a long time ago when you don't treat your employees right, you get what you pay for pretty much. Absolutely.
1: Get what you pay for. Right. And, you know, it, I know, you know, for the long time, uh, a railroad job was considered, you know, one of the better jobs to have. They have their own IRA. They have, you know, all these perks, benefits. Uh, and, and that's good. People should have that, you know. I'm not dogging them for, you know, getting what they deserve. Um, but, you know, that and it, and it comes with any industry that slowly gets whittled away and whittled away and whittled away. And then, you know, they want more for what you have. And then they want to. Take some of what you have. So you get less for doing more. And, and, you know, they just keep pushing things. They tried to strike. That wasn't effective. These laws went through anyway. And, you know, this is the end result. You yeah. know, and and it, it, it and that's to, why the
0: government can't. I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. I said that's why the government, when they get involved, they screw everything up.
1: Yeah. And then it falls on us, you know, that's the right. people. To then step you have up and wrecks,
0: and then you have the communities and disasters, like you got out in East Palestine.
1: Yeah, and it could be anything anywhere. Right. You know? I mean, if, at the end of the day, somebody's going to have to stand up and help these people. And if the government won't, it's going to be neighbors. Right. You
0: know, and in small yeah. communities, the neighbors, the churches, the... And people like you and your and your group and you know, that sort of thing. They're they're the ones I've seen that in our we have a small I'm in a small rural town and I've seen that too. We had a, a lot a few things happen recently and the, the, it was the neighbors and the and the churches and whatnot that came out to to help and the and the small charitable groups came out and they really make a difference.
1: Oh, they do. I mean, just speaking from my own personal experience, I went through a few years where I had a lot of bad things happen. I had never really considered charity earlier in life. And then a lot of things happened and I needed to rely on charity, not for me, but you know, for my kids. And I was so overwhelmed at that time that so many people were willing to reach out and help me in my time of need that, you know, now if, if there's any situation where I think someone needs help, I'm going to be there and do what I can for them, you know? And, and it, really is its own reward i mean the more you help people the better you feel really it's just it is such a rewarding experience to be able to give to another regardless of where you're at in your own life
0: giving is always far better than receiving i found that out you know i've been involved was a volunteer firefighter and and now i'm involved again i had retired and started got back in again with a fire department that needed some help but you know you see things, you know, the fire department, even if, even if it's volunteer, that's like a profession, but you know, off duty, it makes you, what makes you think about people, you know, I'll go out to a, we have a church across the street and one down the road and I'll see a funeral or even a wedding. I'll go and, and, and say hi to them and introduce myself and they ask if there's anything I can do for them. And you it's amazing how many people will look at you and say, and just the one lady just started crying. She said her husband had passed away and I said, look, if there's anything we can do, I'm right across the street. She says, "Who are you?" I said, "Just a friend, just a neighbor." She started crying. She says, "Nobody's ever done that for me." And we need to—we need to see more of that in our communities. We really do.
1: Sometimes that's all it takes. Yep. You know, you never know what someone's going through in their life. I mean, they could be smiling and looking at you and and holding back tears and thinking their life is at the worst possible spot, and just showing them some kindness. You know, letting them know that you care—that could make all the difference in the world, and a lot of times it does. So let's,
0: in in kind of wrapping this up, how would you how would you summarize, and what are the key points you want want our listeners to uh, to get from this uh, pod, from this uh, I'm sorry, from this interview rather?
1: Um, well, you know, the first thing, uh, of course, the people in East Palestine need help. You know, it's not covered in the news a lot. The government's not really doing anything. And these people, by and large, feel forgotten and abandoned. And and they're not. Um, and, you know, I guess my second point would be that in times like this, to where, you know, we pay taxes to this government, we expect them to help. And when they don't, don't be afraid to stand up in their place and give these people the help they need. And thirdly, just the act of, of, being charitable is its own reward. It, it, I know it's made me a better person and I'm sure, you know, if anybody who is new to the thought of giving charitably, um, I think they would find the same in themselves once they actually, you know, started to try doing it. it. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. There's always something you can give, whether it's time, money, attention, you know, whatever, there's all kinds of things you can do. And then you know, I would just like to challenge people to you know try to find ways to do more to help other people along, just in general.
0: Well, that is some excellent advice, and we are so glad to have you here tonight, Dusty. And if you come up with other ideas or projects you're working on, and you want to bring them up up on a on a an interview, I'm sure that you know we can get a, we can accommodate that. Just let us know. Um, and with that, I would like if you can if you can just stay with me while we have a short prayer for the the folks in East Palestine, and then we'll close we'll close the program. Unless you have something further to say before we do that. Uh,
1: no, I think we've covered everything, and I think that would be great. If these people could use all our hopes and prayers.
0: Fantastic! And I'd like us to to say this prayer, and everybody listening to this interview, uh, please say a little prayer yourself. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we pray. We pray for this nation and for East Palestine, for the the Damages that were done, and the people's lives that have been just pushed up and, and, and blown out of out of their homes and, the, and their community, that are suffering and, and, and need need our help. We pray not just for the people in the town and the communities surrounding East Palestine, but for all the organizations that will see their need and come to their rescue. Please send them there, O oh Lord. We know Your glorious, open, wide, open arms will be there to help them. Please. Help all the organizations and help Dusty, who's out there in the midst of all this, to help that community as well. Give him the strength to, uh, to, to 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 help that community and all of his friends and people that are helping him as well. We pray these things in your glorious, heavenly name, O oh Lord. Amen. And with that, I'll say good evening, Dusty. We'll close with a little piece of my harmonica music here. And if, like I said, if you want to come back on for anything, just let us know. If you have an update, uh, we'd we'd be more than happy to have you on. Okay? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, well, good evening then. You too. Thanks. Have a good night. God bless.